What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash check the locks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to Check the Locks Podcast. As always, I'm John Connor. I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying true crime case. Before we get started, as always, Olivia, it's wonderful to see you. How are you? How has your week been? My week's been good. It's lovely to see you too, John. How are you doing? I am doing great. Millie and I had a daddy-daughter dinner tonight. We went to her favorite restaurant, which is Cracker Barrel. And, Jersey uh, Mike's. <laughs> she does love Jersey Mike's, but those confetti pancakes, which are just pancakes with fruity pebbles in them, she's all about that life. But I feel like she's told me about those pancakes before. Oh, she she digs them. I think I'm becoming crotchety as an old man though, because we're in Cracker Barrel, sent down. I'm seeing all the people around us. Their waitresses are coming and bringing them drinks. They're super attentive, and I always seem to sit in this section where it's like the worst waiter or waitress ever. Mm-hmm. To the point where the manager comes over and is like, has anybody helped you yet? And I'm like, no, they haven't. I've been here for 10 minutes. So uh, then they brought Millie's bacon out and it was like burned to a crisp. And I was like, I don't mean to be difficult, but this bacon <laughs> is burned. You know, so I'm like, get my kids some unburned bacon. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's just, you know, I think it's just me getting old and being like, you know, if I'm going to crack a barrel, it better be a... I have a high bar for the old barrel, I guess. So Right. I haven't eaten there, and I couldn't even tell you the last time I've been to a Cracker Barrel. But I used to love the little gift shop. That's why Millie wants to go. It's it's not because of the food. It's, you know, if we go there. She gets something. Yeah. Or, like, gets to ask for something. So we've set a rule. Like, every time we go to Cracker Barrel does not mean, you know, you get a toy every time. 
But she can certainly try because she never knows when it's not going to be no or it's going to be yes. A hundred percent. And today I did break. She saw a little like glitter notebook and a glitter pen. And I was like, okay, well, it's like six bucks. If that's what you want, then that's fine. So not the $30 stuffed animal. No. Or like the, you know, like the crazy Christmas decorations or anything like Mm. that. But speaking of meals, it is November and I don't know if it's been intentional or unintentional, but it seems like we've been on this Thanksgiving true crime kind of gearing up for the holiday. And I had to keep it going. I have another Thanksgiving story that I wanted to cover with you this week. I am really excited to get into it because I have to tell you, this was one of those cases where when I was doing the research, I found myself kind of like getting grossed out a little bit. And whenever I feel like that, I feel like I know you're going to feel like that. And it tends to be like a good episode for us. So I'm really excited to get into it and and talk about it. But I don't know. I know we're just talking about Cracker Barrel. I don't want to ruin anybody's appetite. Do you think you'd be good to get into this one this week? Yes, I'm I'm super excited about this case because I was also trying to find a Thanksgiving themed case and I stumbled across this one and there was a lot of things that sparked my interest in it, but I knew it would be too long for a short on time. So I'm so excited when I looked and saw your notes that it was this case. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is definitely a little too long to be a short on time episode, but you did let me know that the short on time you have coming for this week is also on the Thanksgiving theme. I'm going to be really excited to see if we can pull off like eight episodes in a month that are all about (laughs) Thanksgiving. So but if you're down with it, like I said, I'm really interested to hear what you think and what the listeners think. Should we just jump in and, and kind of get to the details? Yeah, go for it. All right. Well, in 2016, Joel Guy Sr. and his wife, Lisa, were excited to celebrate Thanksgiving with their children. However, this time the holiday was a little bittersweet as the couple was planning to move from the family home in Knoxville, Tennessee, to the mountain town of Kingsport. Now, this year, Joel and Lisa were joined by their three daughters, all of whom lived in Tennessee. They were also joined by their son, Joel Michael Guy Jr., Now, Guy Jr. was born on March 13, 1998. He was described as a recluse, barely leaving his room, but mentally competent. In fact, he graduated from the Louisiana School for Math, Science, and Art High School in 2006. So another reason I really like this story, Olivia, we got a little bit of Tennessee, we got a little bit of Louisiana, kind of, you know, blends both of our worlds, which I thought was pretty interesting. I'm pretty certain that that Louisiana School for Math, Science, and Art is at the campus of the college I graduated from. But don't quote me on that. Oh, maybe you saw this guy. No. 2006? Yeah, but I didn't go to that campus at that year. Oh, okay. All right. Just checking. Now, after graduation, Guy Jr. spent a semester at George Washington University. However, he would drop out shortly after starting classes. Later, he would enroll at Louisiana State University to study plastic surgery. But in 2015, he would drop out again. In fact, Guy Jr. had spent nine years in and out of college without earning a degree. And in 2016, he was living in an apartment in Baton Rouge. He was 28 years old and still relying on his parents for financial support. And for the holiday, Guy Jr. drove from Baton Rouge to Knoxville to spend Thanksgiving with his family. Now, on Thanksgiving, everything seemed perfect. The family ate and celebrated throughout the evening, and later the couple's three daughters left for home. The holiday tradition seemed to be a success. That is, until the following Monday when Lisa Guy failed to show up for work. Now, her boss made several attempts to call, but she was unable to reach Lisa. 
Concerned, she contacted the local authorities. And when the police arrived at the couple's home, they noticed both cars in the driveway. As they peered through the glass of the front door, they could see groceries and perishable items spread out across the floor. Officers then proceeded to the back door of the home. Now, strangely, they could actually feel heat emanating from the door. They also noticed a very odd chemical type smell. Now, investigators went back to the cars and they were able to actually recover a garage door opener. They used that to make entry into the home. And when they walked into the house, they were hit with a terrible odor. It was also very, very hot inside. In fact, the thermostat was set at 93 degrees. They also noticed that the kitchen stove was turned on and sitting on the range was a covered pot. Officers could feel the heat radiating from it. And as they made their way through the home, they began down a long hallway. And that is when they made their first gruesome discovery. There, lying on the floor, were two decapitated hands. Blood covered the walls, blood-drenched clothing scattered the floors throughout the home, and in the bathroom, police discovered two blue plastic containers. And when they opened them, they were terrified at what they found. Inside the bin were two human torsos. So before we go any further, Olivia, what are you thinking? Because I'm just imagining myself being one of these responding officers and just thinking you're doing a wellness check and you make your way into this home and it is a literal house of horrors. So I know I would be sick to my stomach. I'd be like terrified as to what I just stumbled into. But what are you thinking so far? I mean, this is our second episode in two weeks that has been cutting people's hands off and cooking them. I don't know. I'm pretty grossed out already. Well, buckle up because it's going to get a little crazier. But yeah, it's just like, I, like I said, I can't imagine just showing up to a house because this is a nice like neighborhood. It's a nice suburban neighborhood in the, the middle of Knoxville. Knoxville is a college town. So you mm. just show up, you know, you're probably like, oh, you know, somebody's probably sick or maybe they fell down the stairs or something like that. And you're like, right. no, there's body parts laying on the floor. Yeah. Torsos and buckets. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. Not the kind of thing that you would expect to find, I would imagine. Now, at this point, the investigators made their way back to the kitchen and nothing could prepare them for what they were about to find. When they opened the pot on the stove, their stomachs turned. Inside was Lisa Guy's boiling, decapitated head. It was like something out of a nightmare. In fact, one Knox County detective described the scene as the most horrific thing he had ever seen. And as they continued to search the home, police found body parts in Tupperware containers. But it was the discovery of a journal that would finally reveal what happened to Joel and Lisa Guy. Now, before the murder, Joel Guy Sr. was planning on retiring. And with he and his wife planning to move, he knew it was time that the couple stop financially supporting their adult son. In fact, at the time, Lisa Guy, who actually spent most of her life as a housewife, was working a job just to give her son money. Now, the couple's daughters knew that their parents were planning on cutting their brother off, but the plan was to deliver the news around Christmas time when the family would gather at their new home. However, after finding the journal, police believe that Joel and Lisa broke the news to their son early, and it seemed that Joel Guy Jr. suspected that this news was coming. His journal indicated that he had purchased the plastic containers and bleach. 
And when his mother went out shopping on November 24th, Guy Jr. put his plan into action. While Lisa was out, Joel Jr. walked up the stairs with a knife in hand, and it was then that he attacked his father in the family's home gym, stabbing him 42 times. The medical examiner later determined that Guy Sr.'s lungs, liver, and kidneys had all been punctured, and the attack was so violent it had actually broken several ribs. It would also be determined that Joel Sr. had suffered a great number of defensive wounds while trying to fend off his attacker. And when Lisa returned to the home, she had no idea the fate that awaited her. She too would die from a total of 31 stab wounds, and an autopsy would reveal that her son had severed nine of her ribs. So before we go any further, Olivia, this is where I was kind of talking about, like, as I was going through the story, I could feel my stomach kind of turning because I'm thinking about just the brutality of stabbing someone over 30 times. Like you're stabbing them so hard that you're breaking their ribs in the process. And not only are you doing that, but you're doing this to your parents. I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm just checking in, but like my head was kind of spinning around. I was like, I can't, like, I can't believe this is something that actually happened. Yeah. Just going through these details is so disgusting. And like over something that seems right now so simple as far as just like cutting him off financially when he's a grown man, like he's 26 years old. But the the overkill, we're already like into that. I feel like it's getting to be a little excessive. I can't imagine that there's any more to this than what's already been said. Oh, there's more. It gets more intense. But I do agree with you. It's like, dude, get a job. Yeah, like they're cutting you off. It's like you're an adult now if you want to continue to, you know, live on your own, stuff like that. Like, get a job. You're almost 30. You know what I mean? So. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Well, and again, I apologize because I I told you it was going to get a little more graphic, and that's exactly what happened. So after he had stabbed both of his parents to death, it was then that Joel Guy Jr. proceeded to cut his father's hands off at the wrists. Then he continued to dismember his father, severing the arms at the shoulder blades. Next, Guy Jr. cut his father's legs off at the hip with a saw and severed the foot at the ankle. And when he had finished dismembering his father, he turned to his mother. But on the second attempt, he decided to decapitate Lisa. Now, once he was done hacking his parents to bits, Guy Jr. took their limbs and placed them inside two 45-gallon plastic containers filled with bleach and other chemicals. He then placed his mother's head on the stove to boil. When he was finished, Joel set the thermostat to 90 degrees. And in his journal, he explained why. Guy Jr. wrote that he believed the heat would help to speed up decomposition and would potentially melt any fingerprints. As investigators continued to review the journal, more startling information came to light. It indicated that Joel Guy Jr. had contemplated flooding the home to cover up forensic evidence. Additionally, the killer wrote things like flush chunks down the toilet, not garbage disposal and bring blender and food grinder, which if you're listening to this, you can't see Olivia's face right now, but she is shaking her head and 
grimacing is the only word that I can think to use. The cannibalism I can't handle anymore in these cases. I mean, he's not eating it, but yet, I don't know. Does he? No, I don't think he was planning on <laughs> eating them. I think it was more of disposal purposes. I know, but I just, cannibalism comes to my mind. I mean, when they're when they're dismembering bodies, like that just automatically is what goes to my mind. I don't know. Of course, he didn't eat his parents, but he's torturing. I mean, no, just keep going. Well, and you know, with the cases for words, <laughs> well, you know, the case that we did earlier this month with, uh, Omaima or Omaima, right? Yes. The same thing. The head was in the freezer yeah. and the, the hands were on the stove in the pot. Like who does this? What's the, uh, chemical that's in Turkey? Formaldehyde. No, not formaldehyde. <laughs> I don't think it's formaldehyde. I think. No, it starts with the T. Trimorphin. It's worth a Google. Hold on. Turkey sleep ingredient. It's it's a T word. T-R something. Titrofan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just wondering if like, I don't know. I feel like I ate turkey tonight. (laughs) Yawning a lot. Just feeling sleepy or is like your mouth dry? No, I'm sleepy. Oh, gotcha. No, but I'm like, you know, I'm like, man, maybe there's, you know, people who have adverse reactions to titrofan or something around this this time of year because it is creepily similar. Yeah, hold the cranberries. Right. Now, he also mentioned setting an automated text message to go out from his mother's phone that Monday. He hoped that this would help deter suspicion as to his mother's whereabouts. And it was in this journal that Joel Guy Jr.'s true motive was revealed. A $500,000 life insurance policy. And in the journal, he wrote, with them dead slash missing, I get the whole thing. Money is mine. Now, by Sunday, November 27th, Joel was back at his Baton Rouge apartment, but leaving the journal behind was a big mistake. Joel Guy Jr. was arrested for his parents' murder on Tuesday, November 29th, 2016. Now, what's interesting is on the first day of the trial, Guy Jr. requested that his lawyer be dismissed and that he be sentenced to the death penalty, which I thought was a crazy request. Like right off the bat, like get rid of my lawyer and just sentence me to death. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've never heard of that either. Yeah, it was definitely strange. But the judge in the case decided that he definitely needed a lawyer. And the prosecution also shared that they were, in fact, not seeking the death penalty in this case. Now, during the trial, the prosecution laid out their evidence to the jury. And the notebook was especially damning. But the defense argued that Joel Guy Jr. was happy and carefree that weekend. So someone else must have been responsible for the murders. I mean, a happy person doesn't stab their mother over 30 times. But sadly for Guy Jr., the jury didn't agree. And on October 2nd, 2020, Joel Guy Jr. would be found guilty of two counts of premeditated murder in the first degree, three counts of felony murder, and two counts of abuse of a corpse. And he would be sentenced to life in prison. Now, later he would attempt an appeal. His lawyer, Jonathan Harwell, argued that on the day of the wellness check, the police legally didn't have the right to enter the home without a search warrant, even if they believed that something was wrong. But the panel of three criminal appeal judges did not agree. In fact, their ruling read, even if the defendant had standing to challenge the search of the Golden View Lane residence, we agree with the state that officers' entrance into the residence was supported by exigent circumstances. So basically what that's saying is the situation seemed pressing or dire 
And because of that, they made the decision to enter the home. Now, Joel Michael Guy Jr. is currently serving out his life sentence at the Northwest Correctional Complex in Tiptonville, Tennessee. And he will be eligible for parole on April 30th, 2136. So never. Never. Yeah, he's going to be in there for a while for sure. But that's this week's case. Like I said, I know it isn't the longest compared to some of the other ones that we've done and things like that. But it didn't have to be. (laughs) It didn't have to be long at all. I mean, the amount of detail and gruesome goriness of this was plenty. Well, talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on it before we get into the deadbolt test. I know we kind of talked through it as we went through, but now that we've gone through, you know, final summation, what are you thinking? Well, my first thought is, is this kid thought he was getting, I shouldn't call him a kid, this adult who should have been cut off like 10 years prior. Not really, but you know, 21 is a good age to be cut off by your parents. <laughs> Agree. Um, but I mean, he wouldn't have, he had other sisters. He had three other sisters, that life insurance policy. I know if, you know, most people divide it up by the siblings. So he wouldn't have, he would have gotten a fourth of that. So from what I understand in the research, I think he may have been the primary beneficiary or believed that he, he was, was the primary okay. beneficiary. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense. And then the other thing is, is I can't believe there's more than one human being in this world that can decapitate a loved one, boil their head, cut their hands off. Cut their ankles off. Yeah. I mean, the, and then put them in bleach. Like the fact that we're even having another case like this is just sad. Over money. I mean, I like money and I work a lot, but like not enough to kill my parents. Yeah, no, I get you. That's my co-host. She's <laughs> a real bad bitch. Got her own money. No, I just <laughs> don't need no something. No, um, <laughs> no, I get you. Like, it is crazy that these two cases are so similar and they both happened at such a like specific time of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, granted, the circumstances around it, it are a lot different, right? But it, it is crazy to think that, like, two people have the same idea, and the idea is so extreme, you know? Right, right. For me, the oh mama case has nothing on this one, because as a parent, I'm just like, oh, this is terrifying. Because, you know, we've had cases before where kids have killed their parents, and I've talked about, like, you know, that's something that gets under my skin, and it touches on insecurities, and fears that I have about like my child growing up to be a good person and stuff like that. This is the first case that we've done. I'm pretty sure where it's like, not only did a kid kill the parents, but then they're like, I'm going to cut your foot off dad. And I'm going to cut your, you know, your leg from your torso dad. You know what I mean? And mom. So, I mean, when I was going through, I was like, Oh, like, please let my kid be well adjusted. <laughs> and it's also like, I, I, w- I swear to God, I was like, I got to stop like getting her stuff. I got to stop buying her stuff that she wants. Like, I got to say no more or else <laughs> she's going to like feel like she's entitled. And then right. I'm going to end up in a plastic know. bin. Yep. With bleach. I mean, it is a scary world. You know, I talk, I've talked about like having children and whatnot in my life. And I, one of my biggest fears is if I ever have a kid, like how do you make sure that your kid is not Joel Jr.? Yeah. You know, and like that is one thing I'm very grateful for. Like my wife is a therapist and mental health and like talking about mental health and stuff like that is very big in our house. You know, I've, I have talked about it before on the podcast, I I think, but you know, I have attention deficit disorder, like a crazy person. I've never been medicated for it. And so it's like, 
you know, as I've gotten older and, and, you know, being married to a therapist, I've learned like there's stuff that I do that I never knew I did because I have attention deficit disorder. Right. You know, when I sing the same song 300 times in a row or like when (laughs) I'm, you know, when I'm like constantly bouncing my, my foot off the, off the floor and like shaking the whole house. Cause I've just got this nervous switch. I'm like, Oh, that's the ADHD, you know? So I feel lucky in that where, you know, hopefully our, our child will grow up and, and be able to talk about mental health and know what it is to be mentally healthy and, and you know, what resources you need, you know, if you're going through something, but it's still like terrifying. People ask all the time. They're like, you're going to have a second kid. I'm like, no, cause that one might be an arsonist. This one is cool. We get along. You know what I mean? Right. The next one, may I'm pretty sure they could kill somebody. So yeah, the first one's good so far. Yeah. So it's just scary. It's scary to think that, you know, your kid could do something like this to you, you know, for how long is $500,000 really going to last you? Not long. You know, so. All right. Well, we're going deadbolt test. What are you putting it at? On the gruesome scale of 10. On the check my lock scale, about an eight. And it's only because. This person is so disturbing that this could happen to anybody. Parents or no, or not parents, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I might check the lock on my bedroom door tonight. You know what I mean? Be like, make sure that kid's not getting in here. Although I don't, you know, I don't think she has the upper body strength yet to put me in a bin or anything like that. She's only five. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely creepy. It's weird. Like, I'm, this is definitely going to be a nine for me. Uh, and it's a nine for me because I may not double check my locks tonight, but as she gets older, and when, you know, she becomes a teenager. You're going to lock the outside of her door so she can't get out. No, <laughs> not even, but it's, you know, every teenager, I think, goes through like a period of entitlement and like your parents don't know anything. And I, you know, I went through like, you know, I deserve this or that. And you because you don't know how the world really works, you know. Right. So when she's like 16, 17 and she is acting like entitled and like she deserves stuff and being disrespectful, this is the case. That's going to like pop into my head a decade from now. And I'm like, oh, right. like sleep with your eye open. Cause you remember that Joel guy, <laughs> junior, you know what I mean? Cut his Millie dad's foot strike. off and left it in the home gym. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Not tonight. I'm not going to be checking them, but this, I think this is one of those cases that is going to stick with me for a long time. So I, I got to put it at nine and it is definitely a 10 on the gross out scale for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, that is where we fall in the deadbolt test for this week's episode. But as always, we got to throw it out to the locksmiths. Where does the murder of Joel Guy Sr. and Lisa Guy fall on your deadbolt test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at Check the Locks Pod. Find us on Twitter at Check the Locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, for shame, for shame, for shame, come hang out with us. We would love to spend some time with you and love to get to know you. Olivia, I mean, this case was just messy. You know, I'm trying to think of a pun. And there are some times when it's just so gross, I I don't have one. So with that being said, I think we should read a review. And this one's actually a little bit different because I think this is our very first Spotify comment. What do you think? You got something good for us? This week's five-star review comes from Michelle. And she said, this episode freaked me out, but I still love the podcast. John and Olivia are a great duo. I look forward to listening every week. And so, Michelle, thanks for reaching out. And I believe the episode that freaked her out was My Mother the Demon um, that Jessica Gomez did with us um, for our Halloween episode. So, Michelle, again, thank you for leaving us a five-star review on Spotify. Yes, Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time to leave us that uh, Spotify comment. I have a feeling if it's the Michelle that I'm thinking about, 
She is very active in our Facebook group. Uh, Michelle also suggested when we did the case about the people disappearing in Chicago, that was because Michelle shared that with us in the Facebook group. So Michelle, thank you for leaving us that comment. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you for being such a wonderful part of our community. We would love to send you some stuff. Reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram at check the locks pod. You can find us on Twitter, check the locks. Like I said, I think you're in our Facebook group, so you can send us a DM there. If you're not a social person, head over to checkthelockspod.com. Click the email button. You can send us an email as well. Just let us know where to get some goodies out. We would love to send them to you. And we talk about this every week, but these reviews, these comments on Spotify, they really do help get our show out in front of more people. It puts us in other shows, recommendations. It helps new listeners to find the show. So just thank you if you have left a review. Thank you if you left us one of those Spotify comments. It really does mean a lot. And Olivia, if somebody wants to have their five-star review read, what is the best way to do that? Well, I feel like there's so many options now, but the one I talk about the most is going over to the Apple Podcast app, going to our show's homepage, scrolling down where you see all five stars, click all five stars and tell us what you think about the podcast. Yeah, and every week Olivia says it's the best, so I don't have to head over to Apple Podcast. Leave us that five-star review, and if you need a cheat code, you can go in the description of this very episode that you're listening to. There'll be a link right there. And again, if you listen on Spotify, there'll be a Q&A section. What'd you think of the episode? You can go ahead, leave us some feedback there. Let us know what you think about the show. We would love to read those as well. And as always, if you are interested in financially supporting Check the Locks, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks to get signed up today. We got a lot of great tiers, a lot of exclusive benefits, coffee mugs, t-shirts, stickers, all stuff that you can only get for being a patron. Plus, you get the episodes ad-free and early. So if you love Check the Locks, but you hate commercials, then Patreon is the way to go. So again, you want to throw us a couple bones, help us keep the lights on because you like what we do. That is patreon.com forward slash Check the Locks. Get signed up today. And as always, if you can't financially support the show, we definitely understand just listening and hanging out with us every week means just as much, if not more. So if that is you, you're listening to the show, you're sharing it with your friends and family, just know we appreciate that so, so much. Again, it is all about growing our community, right? Getting in front of new listeners and that grassroots, letting people know about the show just through word of mouth is one of the best ways to do that. So if that is what you're doing, you're letting people know about the podcast, tell them to check it out. Just know we appreciate you more than we could ever tell you. That is all that we have for this week's case, but please make sure you are subscribed to Check the Locks in your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with a brand new, truly terrifying true crime case. But until then, don't forget to Check the Locks. See you next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.